Australia, which claims to now take the worsening climate crisis seriously, can and should lead the world in boycotting COP28. That's the opinion of age correspondent Richard Baines of Canterbury, who wrote in today's Melbourne Age. Welcome. It's great to have you on board. This is the latest episode of Climate Conversations. This podcast is assembled here in Shepparton, in Northern Victoria, Australia, on the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. Yes, the stolen lands of the Yorta Yorta people. And I pay my respects to elders, past, present and emerging. I'm unsure who Richard Baines really is, but I like his opinion. His letter is headed, Let's Boycott COP28. He writes, Unease in response to the appointment of an oil magnate as the president of COP28, that's from the age of 24-1, is a gross understatement. How about despair? Last year's COP27, whose biggest delegation was the 630 fossil fuel lobbyists, produced more blah, blah, blah than substance. But when the United Arab Emirates was made the host of COP28, the COP process surely reached a nadir. The appointment by the UAE of Sultan Ahmed Ajaber, CEO of the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, and a proponent of extensive increases in fossil fuel investment and extraction, was as inevitable as it is catastrophic. He then adds, Australia, which claims to now take the worsening climate crisis seriously, can and should lead the world in boycotting COP28. And now from the Melbourne Age, we have a story on the same subject by Emma Gatton. The story is headlined, Realistic. UAE points oil chief to be COP28 president. Emma's story begins, London. The United Arab Emirates has come under criticism for appointing an oil boss to the presidency of the UN Climate Change Summit. Sultan Ahmed El Jeba, the chief executive of the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, and the country's Minister of Industry will preside over COP28 talks which take place in Dubai in November. And as it appears that the fossil fuel industry has snatched control of the world's annual climate talks, the most important talks that relate to the climate crisis, we also hear from The Guardian in a story written by Oliver Millman. The story is headlined, Revealed. Exxon made breathtakingly accurate climate predictions in 1970s and 80s. Millman's story begins. The oil giant, Exxon, privately predicted global warming correctly and skillfully, only then to spend decades publicly rubbishing such signs in order to protect its core business, new researchers found. A trove of internal documents research papers has previously established that Exxon knew of the dangers of global heating from at least the 1970s, with other oil industry bodies knowing the risk even earlier, from around the 1950s. They forcefully and successfully mobilised against the science to stymie any action to reduce fossil fuel use. Our next story today comes from The Guardian and is by Professor Bill Maguire. And Bill Maguire I boldly call as a friend of Climate Conversations as he was recently interviewed by me for Climate Conversations and he's just a delightful fellow. Bill's story in The Guardian has the headline Let's face reality. Fossil fuel interests 
have destroyed the cops. We need something new. His story begins. There's a battle raging over the heart and soul of the UN COP conferences, which have taken place every year since 1995. On one side are the climate scientists, policy makers and representatives of countries most under the threat from global heating and of nations that simply get, and that's in inverted commas, the disastrous effects of the climate crisis. On the other side is the fossil fuel industry. The battle has largely been fought under the radar, but it has been going on for some time. Those who fly the fossil fuel flag are on the brink of victory. The attack began seriously to gain ground at COP25. First, Jair Bolsonaro's Brazil withdrew its offer to host the event. Then stand in Chile pulled out due to civil unrest. The Spanish government stepped up at the last minute and so did the fossil fuel corporations. The Spanish energy giants, Iberdrola and Endesa, the latter being one of the country's biggest greenhouse gas emitters, paid wads of cash to become major sponsors and by the right to have their logos plastered all over the conference venue. At COP26 in Glasgow in 2021, the fossil fuel invasion continued, this time taking the form of more than 500 delegates representing oil, gas and coal interests. Last year, at COP27, hosted by Egypt at the Red Sea Resort at the Sharm el-Sheikh, the fossil fuel sector consolidated its position by hiking its contingent to a whopping 636 delegates. Now we have more about the duplicity of the fossil fuel companies, this time from EcoWatch. The headline for the story is Exxon scientists accurately predict climate damage while company pushed misinformation. The story begins. ExxonMobil climate scientists predicted the climate damage their product would cause with remarkable accuracy and while the company spent huge sums of money denying and obfuscating the science of climate change a study published Thursday in Science Reveals that Exxon knew its product was dangerously increasing global temperatures has been known for years, but the precision and accuracy of its predictions were actually astonishing. Harvard Science History and co-author of the study, Naomi Oresk, told AP, ExxonMobil accurately foresaw the threat of human-caused global warming, both prior and parallel to orchestrating lobbying and propaganda campaigns to delay climate action, the study's authors wrote. And now from Dismogweer, fossil fuel-linked companies dominate sponsorship of COP27. The story begins. 18 of 20 companies sponsoring UN climate talks in the Egyptian resort of Sharm el-Sheikh either directly support or partner with oil and gas companies, according to a new analysis shared with Dismog. The findings underscore concerns over the role of the fossil fuel industry at the negotiations known as COP27, which have become a focal point for deals to exploit African natural gas. These findings underline the extent to which this COP has never been about the climate. It's been about rehabilitating the gas industry and making sure that fossil fuels are on the agenda, said Pasco Sabido of Russell's based. Corporate Europe Observatory, which co-produced the analysis with Corporate Accountability, a non-profit headquartered in Boston. These talks are supposed to be about moving us away from fossil fuels, phasing them out, Sabido told Zmog. 
And now we switch to a story from BBC News, and it continues to lament the fact that an oil executive has been appointed to lead COP28. The story, which is headed Climate Change, UAE Names Oil Chief to Lead COP28 Talks, is written by Matt McGrath. Matt says, The head of one of the world's biggest oil companies has been named to lead COP28 Global Climate Talks in Dubai later this year. Sultan Ahmed El Jabba is currently the Chief Executive Officer of Abu Dhabi National Oil Company. He is also the Minister for Industry and Advanced Technology for the COP28 host, the United Arab Emirates. Campaigners say he must stand down from his oil business role while president, as there is a clear conflict of interest. For the moment, we switch to a rather technical document from science. It's headlined, Assessing ExxonMobil's Global Warming Projections. A structured abstract says, In 2015, investigative journalists discovered internal company memos indicating Exxon Oil Company had known since the late 1970s that fossil fuel projects could lead to global warming, with dramatic environmental effects before the year 2050. Additional documents then emerged showing that the US oil and gas industry's largest trade association had likewise known since the 1950s, as had the coal industry since the 1960s. The electric utilities, Total Oil Company and GM and Ford Motor Companies since at least the 1970s. Let's shift now to a story from Al Jazeera. The story has the headline, ExxonMobil predicted climate change while downplaying risk. The story begins. ExxonMobil publicly so doubt about climate change despite the oil giant's own scientists accurately predicting global warming as far back as the 1970s, a new study says. While ExxonMobil publicly claimed models used to predict climate change were too uncertain to draw conclusions, the company's own experts made projections consistent with those of academics and governments, according to the paper published in the journal Science on Thursday. And from the New Daily we hear an opinion piece from Michael Pascoe. There's quantifiable cost to George Pell's style of climate denial. His story begins, there's no evidence that George Pell ever advocated the burning of those he considered heretics. But then again, he was a traditionalist, and very much a man of another century. Which century is moot? Though the 17th would have been a good fit, even given Cardinal Pell's most demonstrable air of pig-headed ignorance, his unrepentant climate denialism. Finally, we hear from The Conversation, in a story headlined, Disastrous floods in WA, why we were not prepared. The story begins. The devastating floods sweeping through the Kimberley region of Western Australia have caused unimaginable destruction, leaving remote Indigenous communities stranded in its aftermath. Heartbreaking reports detail community members desperately seeking assistance from loved ones in Perth. In one case, over 40 people were forced to seek refuge under one roof unable to access emergency shelters filled beyond capacity. Some Kimberley locals have taken matters into their own hands by using local boats for search and rescue missions. The government has also since begun organising delivering supplies to those communities in need. However, Derby Shire Council President Jeff Howery told The Guardian he felt authorities could have done a lot more to prepare for the flooding. 
We've reached the end of this episode of Climate Conversations. Thanks so much for your company. Now you'll find links to all those stories I've mentioned in the show notes. So until we talk again, please take care, stay safe, and please be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share with your friends. In fact, I'd love you to share with your friends as we all need to know all we possibly can about the climate crisis. Please take care.